Hi, welcome to the Power for Good podcast. I'm your host, Christina Ray Almeida, entrepreneur, environmental advocate, somatic healer, life coach, and really just a grateful part of this beautiful planet. I'm also a former alcoholic and addict, and I'm here to ask some really hard questions while diving deep and discovering how influential people are using their power for good or not. What happens when someone goes through an awakening? Can people really change? How and why? Let's explore. Hello, and welcome back to the Power for Good podcast. On today's show, we have a very good friend of mine, Lauren Altman, aka the tie-dye queen. Lauren is an artist, workshop facilitator, upcycled fashion maker, and soon-to-be author practicing the art of inner work. Her new book called Coping Creatively is coming out early next year, where she shares all her magical practices to do your inner work. She's a powerful and multi-layered artist who literally has meaning and intention in everything she does. She's a fellow sober sister, and our conversation was so much fun. Can't wait to share. So let's jump in. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Christina. I'm so happy that you're joining us today. Me too. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so fun. Yes. Lauren and I were just talking about how we're both in a very childlike mood today. So get ready for a fun show with us today. Yes. (sighs) So I would love to start where we always begin our show which is with a beautiful question of mm. how are you using your power for good, Lauren? Mm, so I really love this question. And I will say that um, I, I'm using my power for good by getting to know what my gifts are and how I would like to share them. That whole process of like claiming your gifts and being like, okay, I have these things that I want to share. And then committing to that beautiful sometimes messy, sometimes daunting process of sharing them in a way that lands in the world where you can start a conversation with people about your gifts or about your offerings. Um, That is extremely powerful because it's a really courageous process. Um, For me as an artist, um, I learned from a young age that I love to express myself and make all different kinds of art, mixed media, performance. I do a lot of writing. I teach these workshops. And um, when I decided to really take ownership of that desire to share my work, to share my gifts, my to use my voice, I realized that I was stepping into my power by committing to that journey. Um, and it's been really beautiful. And um, yeah, I would say that's it's a good thing to take ownership of what of what you want to share and do. So beautiful and so true. And it's been so amazing, inspiring for me to, to witness you stepping into that power as well. Lauren was a facilitator on our most recent retreat, Primal Awakening, and she led a powerful workshop. <laughs> work. And it actually leads me to my next question, which we can talk a little bit about this, this shadow work workshop that you, that you led for us, if you want, but how do you use art as a tool mm-hmm. in your work? And what does that really mean? Yeah. So 
it was so exciting to be able to share the um, shadow workshop at the Primal Awakening Retreat. And it was ex- incredibly um, meaningful to, for me to be able to share this workshop because it's been a long process of, you know, going to the question of like, how do I use my art for inner work? It's been a process of me understanding, you know, what are the tools that I use to speak to different aspects of myself? So my art practice has always been the space for me to really get to know different parts of my inner world. And um, when you really get in there, you find out, or at least I found out that there's a lot of different voices in there. There's a lot of different personalities. There's different aspects of you. There's the playful ones. There's the serious ones. Like there's the ones that are like maybe a little bit more like sad or like confused or, um, you know, depending on the day, a different aspect of self or maybe a couple of them will come forward. And for me, um, committing to my art practice is also a commitment to like which tool, which instrument is it that I use that I gravitate towards to let different aspects of self be heard. And um, once I understood that that was really the the connection that and the process of my art to make those connections between aspects of self and the tools, I discovered that, you know, art isn't only just um, something for me to make, but it's also, you know, my, my, my practice and my process could be really useful to other people to experience, to witness their own unfolding, to understand what's alive for them. So for example, a year ago, I was noticing that there was an aspect of myself that was coming forward every once in a while that would just like really flatten me out. It was like this really heavy, like ominous part of me that was just like, no, Lauren, you are not going to be like joyful today. You are going to like feel the full force of me and it's not going to be easy for you to like move as fast as you would like to. And you know, when I first started getting to know this part of me, I was like, really daunted by it. And then um, my creative side, you know, once that that force was a little bit lighter for me, so I could actually be curious about it. My creative side was like, what if, what if there was a way to not identify with that part of me? Um, And the way that I could kind of create that healthy boundary or distance from that part of me was to represent it through art. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this, um, the motif of the mask is a timeless motif. It is something that has been, you know, used to represent different aspects of self for, you know, centuries. All of our ancestors have seen a mask, used a mask for like, many different um, situations. And a lot of times masks are like um, using exaggerated features. Maybe the mask has like animal characteristics or like long hair or like, you know, there's a lot of different, um, there's a lot of open-endedness for how to interpret this, this kind of motif. And I was like, what if this mask could represent that sticky shadow part of me that's so ominous and so hard to move with, you know? And what if when I put on the mask, I could embody that part of it and like actually have a little fun with it even, you know, in, in that, in that exploration process. So this, this way of using ma- the mask as a tool started for me as a performance. It was a solo performance that I started sharing at galleries in different venues around New York City. And um, in the process of sharing this, this performance, I realized that this audience like really should be part of it. You know, they should be able to experience their own unfolding in this process as well. And maybe we could like paint alongside each other and um, you know, have a conversation with, you know, my mark and someone else's mark alongside of me. 
Um, so then I started doing these interactive performances. Um, uh, and through that process, we were also talking about your retreat, the Primal Awakening Retreat. And I was like, wait a second, like, maybe this isn't an interactive performance per se. Maybe it's supposed to be shared at a space where people are like, committed to that level of like work to that level of exploration, self-exploration. Um, so it was really cool to be able to share this as a workshop. So we, yeah, but to, to be clear, like it started as a multimedia performance and then mm -hmm. I basically like opened my practice for people to walk into it and decide what meaning they were making. So it was a really interesting, like organic shift um, from, you know, my own like private process to starting a conversation with a community about healing and shadow work. Um, and it's been really cool to see how that's, it's continuing to evolve. Well, I'm so grateful that you have let us in to your practice because it's been so healing, so powerful, you know, to have these different modalities to see ourselves see our different masks, see our, sh our shadows. And I think what's so powerful about something like this workshop is that mm. you're taking something like the shadow, which I think some people, the shadow work is really scary for some people. Yes. And I think the shadow in itself, that's, I mean, that's what shadow work is all about is really taking something scary and making it okay. Yeah. Taking something that's really not approachable, not acceptable by society, but ourselves, you know, the, like you said, the kind of sticky, scary parts of ourselves and putting it on, you know, and, and, and giving it a name or giving it a color, giving it a shape, touching it a little bit, accepting it, holding it, loving it, maybe playing with it. Yeah. And so you're actually, you're giving it a shape, you're giving it a vision. Mm -hmm. So it was so interesting too, at the workshop, having been there, to see mm -hmm. how everyone interpreted it differently. You know, yeah. how some people were making their shadow really kind of beautiful, colorful. Other people was just ugly as hell. You know, it's just like, I wanted to make mine really ugly. It was just like, this, this mask has to be just ugly. You know, it's just gotta be like sad and ugly. And some people really wanted to make it kind of more fun and colorful and full of, full of plants and things. And some people was really dark. And so it's just really interesting. And also I think there's healing in that, you know, there's a healing mm -hmm. in the community aspect as well. Where you see what other people are doing and how they're in interpreting and touching different parts of themselves and their masks and their shadows. And then we're all kind of in that together. And I think we really do like healing community. So to take that art to the next level, I think is another part of the inner work as well, because it's interesting because it's called inner work and it's like a shadow work, but then we take it to the level of doing it together and doing it in community yeah. And there's another level of, he of, of healing that I think that you, that you reach there, you touch there. Yeah. I mean, I will say that, you know, the evolution from this being a, a solo performance to being something that, you know, everyone has their own, like you said, like different experience of their relationship to this shadow and giving and how they want to give voice to that part of themselves that like wants to be seen or heard. Um, that is just so healing because you know, art for, for me, like it really just is like the first step of like shadow work. Like you and I both know, like it takes, it's like a whole journey to really know, like, which like shadow work is like very, you can't do it in one art, art workshop, but you can start the conversation. And I think that that moment that, you know, art or, you know, whatever it is that is helping you make contact with other people is like, 
where it's just like, oh, this isn't that hard. It's not that daunting. Like, I'm not alone in this, you know? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people like like me, you know, uh, there have been times where I've just felt very isolated in this journey to make meaning of what's going on in my inner world, you know? And um, being able to open that conversation is um, it just... It, it helps, it makes healing easier, you know, and more fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all we want, I think, is to to realize that we're not alone. And that's yeah. why, and you being able to share that art practice is so, so beautiful. It's healing for you and it's healing for others and us sharing our stories, sharing our experiences, sharing our vision of what our masks look like. It's healing for ourselves, but it's healing for others. And we create that space for people to see, oh my God, like we're not alone. So many things that we think that we're the only one going through it. And there's so many times that I've posted something or said something and I'm like, oh God, this is going to be so weird. Nobody, you know, <laughs> nobody feels this. And then it's like, that's the moment where it resonates the most. Yeah. With people. Yes. I totally am with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> so aside from the workshops and these yeah. kinds of things that people can attend, tell us, um, how can others use art as a tool for inner work? Mm, so, yeah, I mean, I guess in in the ways that I see art as being a tool for inner work that can be shared, um, it's, I, I see art as a tool for inner work as something that's just like really low stakes. So, um, you know, I just started sharing these art practices as workshops, but I feel like any opportunity for people to come alongside me and um, be curious about their unfolding is is what I'm what I'm trying to do in this conversation of using art as a tool for inner work. So um, it's not like here's a prescription for um, sadness. It's like here are some tools, and you can you know see how your interpretation of those tools um, works for you or doesn't. And I guess I can also talk about you know my my coping creatively book. So this is really a container where like the shadow workshops coming from this place of a performance um, where I was doing this kind of on my own and now I'm starting a conversation or letting people come and paint alongside me and let their own unfolding kind of happen and have a conversation. So the book was this place where I was, it's been a two year, two plus year project um, that started during the pandemic where I was just, I was just starting to understand that my process using art as a tool for inner work was really a collection of these tools, these techniques, mixed media, performance, painting, embroidery, paper making, writing. But it wasn't just the outputs that are interesting to me, but it's about bridging the connection between these outputs and the parts of self that are animated when using those different tools and techniques. So I created this book where it's 30, it's 30 emotions, 30 um, exercises, uh, so, and then the 30 exercises are speaking to different um, feelings that are alive in me. So like sadness, um, I begin that practice with a, um, with a letter to that emotion where I talk about how that emotion actually animates my body. You know, when sadness comes, I feel maybe an emptiness in my gut. I feel a wave of, you know, heaviness come over me or flutteriness. Like what are the sensations that are alive in the body when an emotion or experience comes? And then like, here's a tool that I've used um, to 
you know, sit with that emotion a little longer or to have a conversation with that emotion. And um, for me, I've been very careful to not prescribe people like this is going to be the antidote to this feeling or experience. But it's more that like, these are different containers for you to sit with those experiences longer, um, where you can understand the power, like the, the many tools available to you. And you can see what works for you, what doesn't work for you, so that you can greet those sensations with more ease, you know, Um, so you're not putting those things away, you're not compartmentalizing feelings, but you're just bringing them forward. And so yeah, um, my my book is going to be hopefully out uh, in January of early next year. And it's going to be an ebook and also a physical book that's going to be sold in some of the stores that sell my wearable art collection. Um, So people can Try out the exercises directly in the physical book or in the ebook version. They'll be able to pull up pull up a, a sketchbook and do the exercise um, alongside the ebook. So, um, so yeah, that is how people can experience how I see art as a tool for inner work. That's amazing! Congratulations <laughs> on the book. I'm so yeah. excited to try it out and for you Thank to share you. your magic with the world, <laughs> your medicine. <laughs> So, so amazing. So powerful. I can't wait to try it. I can't wait to see how, how it lands for you and <sighs> <laughs> see what yeah. unfolds. And I love that you're not, as, as you said, not prescribing it as this yeah. is going to make your feelings go away, you know, how to eliminate fear or anxiety or stress, but instead how to welcome it as a yeah. visitor, as a guest in your house, yeah. sit with it and process it and feel it maybe ask it what it wants. What is it trying to tell you? You know? And I think that, you know, the the modality you use for that is art, which is so, so beautiful and powerful and lands will land with so many people. And Mm. we all have to keep trying what works for us. And, and also depending on the day, depending on what's happening, something, maybe one day you try breath work and that it's just not working for you that day. And you got, you got to switch it up. You got to try art. I think that's what was so cool. For example, at the retreat, we were trying all these different modalities, but I think that can work in your life. You know, mm-hmm. one day meditation is really just, it's not working for you or you're the yoga and you need to try a different modality. You know, we're complex human beings and we got to constantly stay mm-hmm. creative and cope creatively. Just to- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Also, you mentioned that you're going to be selling the book in the stores that sell your clothes, which I would love to talk about your clothing. Every time that we're together, people complimenting you and your clothes is so fabulous. So (laughs) tell me about your clothing line. Yeah. So my clothing line is called um, Tie-Dye Queen. And uh, it's been really, it's been a really interesting and exciting process to kind of see this clothing line like come into the world because um, it started as, so I love like, I'm a multimedia artist, mixed media artist, but I also just like love conceptual, like the way that art can like speak to a concept or an idea. And um, when I was working on my coping creatively book and identifying all these different tools that I use to um, make contact with my inner world, I also was thinking about like, what are the different canvases that um, speak to some of that, that these tools want to want to live on, you know? Um, to go out in the world and, um, you know, make, make contact with other people in my community. So I was thinking of this idea of the jumpsuit. It's funny. I'm actually wearing one of my jumpsuits right now. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. 
with the little with the fringe and <laughs> um but yeah so the jumpsuit concept for me um was really interesting because it's a utilitarian garment it's something that um i don't know when the jumpsuit was first designed but it's um it's always been this 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 work suit this suit that people are stepping into to do some kind of like heavy lifting or you know labor and i thought that was a really interesting metaphor for inner work and um you know the discipline of like showing up and seeing what works and what doesn't work and you know it's like it's not easy sometimes to do and it is kind of a heavy lift so i started um taking segments of my morning pages which is another practice that i use um to explore my inner world i took segments of the morning pages and i started stitching them onto my onto my garments and um I was also, you know, uh, adorning them. I, I realized there's so many different kind of tools that I wanted to use on these canvases. So it was the the mantras, it was sequins, paint, you know, fringe, embroidery, like everything was just kind of like exploding on these inner work suits. And from there, I realized that I'm also just generally interested in the concept of upcycling as another metaphor for the inner transformation process because upcycling in the context of fashion is about using a material or a piece of clothing that already exists in the world and then making new meaning from that from that garment and i loved the um that parallel um with like you know a lot of us have stories that are very limiting limiting beliefs or limiting stories or um experiences that we're working through and with art we can actually re claim those stories and transform them into something new, make new meaning from them. So upcycling for me became this like whole container where I'm not only doing jumpsuits, I'm thrifting, I'm going vintage diving and finding like, you know, jackets and blouses and shoes and all these different canvases that I can repurpose, reclaim to tell a story of inner transformation. Um, and yeah, so there's a upcycling community as, as you know, in, um, in New York and um, I sell my clothing at some of these spaces and um, it's been really fun to have that clothing collection be alive in, in the world and also see how people wear these pieces and express themselves with these, um, with these garments that I've made. I mean, it's really cool to see like, you know, how people tell their own story by putting it on and styling it, you know, like that's another layer of like, connection with other people is like here's this thing I've made it tells a really like elaborate story from my journey and then you are going to just like flip it on its head and like wear it in this totally new different context with this jewelry or this bag you know and tell your own story and I think that's like super healing too is like I did this thing I made it I'm putting it in the world and then someone's going to be like yeah and your meaning is there but it but I have a different meaning and I'm going to embrace it in this way. And I'm like, good, good. I want it to like have many lives after I, I make something, you know? Mm -hmm. so. so beautiful <laughs> and so true. And I love how all, all your creations have so much meaning, mm. so much intention, so powerful. Yeah. It feels when you find a good, piece at a thrift store and it has a story and it just, yeah, it has a different feeling than when you purchase something new. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> I'm curious, like, where did this come from? You know, <laughs> I know it really does. It carries an energy. And as you said, as well, I think we were talking about this earlier, 
it's interesting how we express through our clothing as well. It's, it's part of, I think our journey as we evolve, as we change, starting to express how we're changing, Mm -hmm. you can tell kind of some, how, what someone's going through by how they're adorning themselves and expressing how you're feeling on the inside. Like you said, it was so beautiful outside today that you felt like, you know, (laughs) sparkling a little bit, like getting a little dressed up or, you know, like even me, I've been working from, I, from home now, uh, for a while. And there was a period of time where I was kind of wearing pajamas all the time. But then mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling good. And it's yeah. time for me to start wearing dresses for the day. Yeah. I'm like, I think I'm going to wear dresses every day, but am I going anywhere outside of my house? I don't think so, but I'm still <laughs> going to wear dresses and I'm going to feel good about it. You know, yeah. it's like, I'm feeling like a goddess on the inside and I got to, I got to express it. It's got to come out. Yeah. There, so. there has to be that congruency. I feel like, I feel like the more I'm I'm doing this inner work, this inner transformation, the more I'm like really matching how I'm showing up in the world with how I really feel or want to feel on the inside. And that's, that's like the true magic of this work, I think. Yeah. And I think that goes far back in our history as well. How we used to adorn ourselves, paint our faces, you know, show up with our masks and different things in the world. In a way it's, it's a bit primal. Yeah, it is. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) So I would love to talk about, um, your inner work workshops, which is there any, any you can share from sneak peek from coping creatively or any of the, the tools or tricks? Ooh. So are you asking if I want to share like an activity right now? Yeah. Oh, this is exciting. Um, (laughs) (laughs) well, you know, actually I have. This is funny. I actually have a little work of art that I am donating to a uh, to an auction to that's raising money for um, mental health awareness in a couple of weeks. And this is a really great example of a couple of tools from my Coping Creatively book. Um, this is a piece of paper that I made, um, and my my paper making practice starts with my morning pages. So morning pages is something that I. Um, learned from Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, which is like an artist's creative process, like Bible, really. She's an amazing Mm -hmm. beacon for like, you know, staying true to your creative process, like no matter what is going on in your life. She's she's got this great book. And Morning Pages is um, just filling three full pages of your journal every single day with whatever is on your mind. So I start with my Morning Pages, and then I tear them up, and I put them in a blender with my morning compost. So this is another kind of sustainability layer because I just pull like whatever's in my waste bin that morning, banana peels, coffee grounds, you know, whatever. I put it in a blender and I make art from my morning pages. And then that becomes a support or a new foundation for a a new work of art to tell a new story. And this actually... Um, This is a line from a poem by one of my favorite poets, Mary Oliver. And the poem is actually titled something like, uh, it's about the gift that darkness brought her. So like finding the joy or the positivity or um, finding the positive like parts of something that's difficult for you in life. And so the poem, this line says, it took me years to understand that this too was a gift. And it really spoke to me. Um, so I, I made it into this work of art and I, and I framed it on um, some, some uh, 
some, some paper that I painted, just like abstract, just fun, free flowing. And um, I also put some like pieces of scrap fabric on this piece. So yeah, and I teach my oh, workshop. so beautiful. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. I love uh, that you're donating that too. It's so, so beautiful. Where, where are you sending that? Um, it's called the International Mental Health uh, Association, I want to mm-hmm. say. Uh, and I know that they have locations like, yeah, around the world. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to a benefit auction for their I love that. Yeah. And again, so much meaning. I love how you make the paper. (laughs) I I need to get more details on that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I've made like hundreds of pieces of this paper and I transform it into books, into cards. I send it to people in the mail. Um, Yeah. So coping creatively is, is layered. (laughs) Yes. So beautiful. As I feel like everything you do. (laughs) <laughs> so intentional, so layered. Thank so you. shifting shifting gears a little bit toward our last question. Hmm. Have you ever experienced an awakening in your life and when? Oh my goodness. Yes. I would say that the um the biggest awakening that I had that really like changed my trajectory was um when I had a really when I experienced grief, so my mom um, passed away ten years ago this year. I can't um, believe it's been that long, and that experience for me was really eye opening because I realized we all have really big experiences that happen to us in life. Like for some people, it's grief; for some people, it's something else. But for me, like when she died, um, I realized how complex these experiences are and how many emotions are involved and. Also, how much in those moments, maybe we lack the tools to process them. And my that, that awakening for me was like, wow, I have a lot of, um, there's a lot of complexity here. And I want to figure out what tools I can use to process them and to um, explore them and get to know myself through what this awakening is animating in me, is, is doing for me. So it really set me off on a journey for the next 10 years into creating those tools to feel all the emotions, to feel all the feels. Um, so yeah, that grief was a big awakening for me. <laughs> wow. How were you able to turn, like, what was really the big transition? Were you able to turn that grief into something powerful, into something that you were using for for good? Mm, I actually think this is, this is, this is something that um, is I think we can both relate to, which is that um, for for me, grief was for me the reason that grief was an awakening is that I had to. There was a lot that I wasn't aware of until that moment of of loss, and that loss really shed light on a lot of things that I hadn't looked at in myself, or you know. And I realized that there's a lot of things that we do to keep the lights off, you know, to distract ourselves from knowing what's there. And one of the things that I was doing to distract myself was drinking. Mm. And yeah. And um, I realized that there was a lot of times in life, you know, big experiences like that, or even just small, like day to day experiences where you find yourself in a situation where you can compromise with yourself and you're the one paying the price. Right. Um, and so 
grief kind of led me to this process of taking an inventory of the things that are helping me be more present for my experience so I can learn more about myself. What are the things that are creating a barrier to contact with myself? You know, and having the bravery to say, you know what, I'm going to stop doing the things that no longer, that don't serve me, that don't serve my purpose of knowing myself and learning from my experiences. Um, that was the step that, that really changed everything for me was when I decided I'm going to make a conscious effort to stop doing the things that make me compromise myself. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a journey. <laughs> it's definitely a journey. Sober <laughs> sister here. <Yes. laughs> yeah. I understand. You know, sometimes we have to have this really big challenges in our life happen for us to really realize the changes and the ignorance. And the, as you said, the lights off <laughs> the, the darkness that we are actually living in, in our yeah. lives. Yeah. But and if we can figure out how to then use it for good, you know, yeah. how to, to make a transition in our lives, mm-hmm. it doesn't all have to be bad, you know? Right. And you can have baby steps too, you know, like for me, it took a while for me to really become sober. Like I tried mm-hmm. small steps first, you know, I did the dry January. I, um, you know, told myself, okay, we're just going to have like one drink. Whenever we're going to have a drink, it's just going to be one. Like I, I tried these little sprints until I was really ready for this marathon. Yeah. You know? Also, was- you don't get it right away. You don't, no. <laughs> you know, you don't always get it right away. You know, it's not like bad thing happens or, you know, I'm just, I don't even want to say a bad thing always for a person, but big thing happens. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm going to be sober the next day. I'm getting rid of these assholes from my life. I'm doing this or that. You know what I mean? I get yeah. it now. You know, it's like for me, for example, mm-hmm. uh, I think one of the big awakenings that I've, I've talked about that I had was when I started having seizures, when I started mm-hmm. to develop epilepsy, but did I the next day stop taking drugs and alcohol? No, it was like actually years later and many seizures later. And I was still taking the medications and the drugs and alcohol that was actually inducing the seizures, which yeah. maybe ultimately led me, led to me having, you know, full-time epilepsy. I don't know. Maybe I would have had it still. I don't know. So did I just get it all of a sudden? No, but mm-hmm. eventually I did get it you know, and, yeah. uh, the body was warning me the, you know, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it was, was coming. It was giving me signals, very strong <laughs> signals through the body of, listen, you're going to fucking die. And yeah. it's time to wake up. And yeah. I did not choose to listen at first either, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like obviously I had depression. I had all suicidal thoughts, all these other things coming in where I, could have listened to those things as well, but I, I didn't listen to those. So that's why something I think so intense had to happen to me for me to actually get it, but all parts, all really necessary part of the journey. So I could be here who I am today, relating to people, mm-hmm. realizing that I wanted to help people all part of the journey, all part of the mission. And so I think it's our mindset though, you know, and realizing like, wow, these things had to happen for me to become who I am today for me to overcome it. Did it happen over a year? Did it happen, you know, what's that, eight years ago now? It's like I only am now almost two years sober. So obviously, as you said, it's been phases. So I, I did. Yeah. I went to rehab 
twice now. I, I did quit drugs and then I quit alcohol and then I quit wine. And so it's phases and, and wow, it just, it takes time to really, and I, I mean, maybe I still don't fully get it either. So I, you know, mm-hmm. we're still learning. It's like, it's a lifelong journey and it's, it's never perfection. It's always learning. I think that's staying humble too. Yeah. And you know, that's where like your question, the initial question of like, how do you use your power for good is like such a heavy hitter for me because it's, um, when I thought about that question, I was like, you know, I think I use my power for good every time I, I attempt to take ownership of my desires to be the person I want to be in this world. And it's not like, okay, the person I want to be is this like big, you know, you know, this, it's not like, it's not about the persona of the person. It's about the commitment to the desire to, to evolve, to make a choice to be like, this is, I feel, I feel this is an important thing for me to do, you know, make this kind of art, make this thing, teach this workshop. Like it's, it's not easy to step into your power. It's not easy to do. And I think that the choice to step into your power every day um, and learn what the power is that you have, you know, it's actually much more subtle than you think like power, being empowered, making choices. Yeah. Like really subtle things. <laughs> well, it's it's little choices, you know, yeah. and it's all it's all the little decisions, all the little choices that lead to all of a sudden you're empowered. All of a sudden you're yeah. like, wow, I'm actually feeling in my power. I'm living my desires. I'm claiming my gifts, as you said. And yeah, yeah like yeah, even I mean, witnessing you at that workshop just let me just lay it out for you how this was looking like queen lauren here true tie-dye queen like walking up to this workshop where she had laid out beautiful colors and masks like created i I don't even know it was like magic really like like looking like a magical goddess witch of like of like of the arts and crafts and you had the turmeric laid out we were making colors with like potions and and turmeric and what else did you have there you had the plants like natural elements and no it was just like yeah. i was literally like and she's standing there in the middle like with her all her creations around her and i was like just in awe i'm like wow this is like this is truly a, a woman stepping into her power and it just mm-hmm. lit me up gave me goosebumps and mm-hmm. to see you just do that and i could tell and that that doesn't happen overnight as you said i think that you no. know that's little choices. And I know you even mentioned to me, you did the workshop in a couple of places that maybe didn't feel like the right space. And you had to go through yeah. those processes as well to realize that maybe this isn't the right space, you know, and that's okay yeah. too. And you didn't let that turn you down and say, Oh, I'm not going to do it anymore. No, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to find the right space. I'm going to find the right people because somebody does need my magic. Yeah. And you know, I think too, part of like using your power for good is knowing when, how, when and how to pull back your energy in places that aren't quite landing for you. You know, like your energy is a finite resource. And, you know, if you're, if you're sharing your work in this sort of context and you're like, ah, it's not really feeling like I'm using my, my power in the, in the right context. You, it's about also knowing how to pull back and shift, you know? Um, that is like a really important part of the journey that I've learned is like trial and error and using a lot of energy or using a little bit, like knowing, knowing what dial to have on. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that, 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 um, workshop was a lot of experiences in the making. (laughs) 
So it was really special to be able to um, bring my creative altar to Primal Awakening and um, have that be part of such an amazing container that you created for such for these women. Oh my goodness! I mean, I'm still processing that retreat and all that I learned and discovered there. Mm. So I was so grateful to have you there. It was mm. truly magic. And I can't wait for your book, Coping Creatively. Yeah. Where can everyone find you online and mm. maybe pre-order or what's going on? Yeah. So um, I am on Instagram. Uh, my handle is tie, T-I-E dot D-Y-E dot queen, uh, Q-U-E-E-N. And um, my website is my name, LaurenIrmaAltman.com. And you can pre-order my book soon. It will be available. Um, I have a newsletter. You can find my newsletter on Instagram. And um, yeah, I have lots of workshops coming up. Uh, I actually have one tomorrow in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. So I'm doing them all the time. And you can definitely come and explore your inner world alongside me. Uh, at my next one. <laughs> So exciting. Yeah, it is really exciting. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing with us your magic. And I can't wait to see what's what's coming next. <laughs> Thank you. Also, Lauren will be with us again at the next Primal Awakening retreat. So I see can't for wait more magic. For yes. Oh my gosh. Our next unfolding. What's gonna what's gonna come next time? <laughs> I know. I can't wait. So yeah. much, so much power, so much magic. Yes, it'll be great. So thank you so much, Lauren. And thanks for everyone for tuning in with us and uh, talking creative, talking art, talking magic. Yes, thank you. Thank you, everyone. And um, yeah, until next time. Alrighty, <laughs> bye. Okay, bye. I'm Christina Ray, and you've been listening to the Power for Good podcast. If you haven't yet, Go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And join me next week for another powerful conversation. Share a story of how you are using your power for good by sending me a DM on my Instagram, at Christina Ray Almeida. I'll be sharing your stories at the end of every episode weekly. If you're interested in learning more on how we can work together, head to my website, IamChristinaRay.com, and let's connect. Sending you so much love. And remember, you are powerful.